Kurt, we're back. Another we? episode, yes. And hey, we've we've already had some technical difficulties this morning. Why don't why don't you let everybody know what happened? Yeah, the power flickered on and off a couple of times. <laughs> so I didn't have internet, which relies on electricity in order to operate. So mm, that's debatable. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's really not. So allegedly the power went out and uh that's why we couldn't start recording earlier. Yeah. We're about 17 minutes past schedule now, thanks mm, to that man. Alabama power. Uh, <laughs> John, who did you draft in your fancy team? Well, people see, people actually don't. Um, they do. This is, this is the fun fact section, and it's not going to be all that much fun. Uh, the, the two people out there that actually care about fantasy football. No, I want to know who your number one pick was. We just stopped there. Who did you pick in the first round? Well, let did me you? just say this. Is, Why are you so embarrassed? I'm not embarrassed at all. Honestly, I don't care that much. But in our league, you're allowed to hold as many players as you want. Uh, and you just forfeit your you know, first, second, third round pick. Sure. So, Did you I, hold one? I held on to slightly a gamble, but Antonio Brown. Oh, wow. Yeah. Have you seen his feet? Go ahead and laugh at that. <laughs> Have you seen his feet? No, what happened to his feet? Oh, you don't even know? I don't. This is huge news. He accidentally went in a cryogenic chamber without like protective footwear on. Look, when we're done with this podcast before Thursdays, I want you to go just Google Antonio Brown's feet and look at the picture. It's not great. I'll just tell you that. It's, so it's not a, is he is he done for the season? I guess that's what you're telling me. I think he's going to have to amputate both of his feet. I don't know how that's going to affect his he receiving. Can, he can still run and jump, right, without feet? <laughs> no, sure. Yeah, no. Sure he can. He's talented. I think that the NFL said they, that he can use a uh, that he can use like a uh, Segway to ride around him to okay. catch passes. It make him it's, pretty tough to tackle. Any kind of uh, like equipment? Uh, I don't know that he's messy. What, what's the equipment restrictions? What's the word I'm looking for? No, uh, he he also had something with his helmet too. But I think they. Yeah, I did hear that. But they really did. He really did like injure his feet pretty badly. Um. So. That's not a bad pick, but I just, yeah, anyway. Uh, yeah, I mean, but, but he's kind of a gamble, which I do not follow. I mean, I'll start trying to follow some more ESPN and, and catch up. But, but it seemed like I saw a headline the other day that Ezekiel Elliott is still holding out. Is that correct or incorrect? I think so. Did you draft him too? I did not. Okay. I did <laughs> get Alvin Kamara. So. Oh, yeah. wow. I know. Great pick. Mm-hmm. Love that guy. Love the Saints. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Do that. Um, <laughs> the Saints are my team unless they're playing, of course, obviously I, I cheer for the Cowboys because of Dak Prescott, but uh, otherwise. I wish that they would do some kind of trade where Dak could end up on the Saints. That would be the ideal situation. You know, Drew Brees is getting old. So, anyway, we should probably break away from fantasy talk. We yeah. probably put to sleep most of our viewers, listeners. So, so those who are listening know that last – two weeks we've been opening with a fun fact and so that'll be our opening segment and kurt uh, still kind of jokes at some of these segments and we've got some other segments like thursday's thoughts that he doesn't really like either um <laughs> and uh, we, we might incorporate them into the podcast every now and then so it's not always going to be a fun fact we might do something different like talk about fantasy football kurt today what are we talking about we're talking about parenting 
Yes. So, Today. Yeah. <laughs> it's right there in the name. So we figured, yeah, talk about the, the pros and cons or the, the good and bad, the joys and sorrows of parenting, just kind of broadly speaking, yeah, since this is our fourth season and, you know, some of these things might have come up in the various topics we talked about. We thought, let's just focus on parenting and uh, discuss that a little bit. Well, Kurt, I went to parents.com. Well, actually, I went to google.com first and I Googled um, parenting facts, I believe, and uh the top hit was 14 surprising myths about parenthood. Mm. 14 surprising myths about parenthood. Am I going to get to guess? I'm going to go through all 14 of these, Kurt. Okay. Um, I guess, yeah, ask just one myth you think is going to be on this list. And I have not scrolled through all of it. A parenting myth. Um, See, the question is, I mean, who wrote this article? What's the... What's like the slant? Like, what are they, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, a parenting myth. Oh, what about this one? Um, you will fall in love with your child at first sight. Hmm. Um, I do not see that one. Again, I'm just scrolling through this. I do think that's this. a myth, though. Um, I love both of my sons mm-hmm. dearly. But the first time that I held them, it wasn't like some kind of mystical moment. I was really excited, but I wasn't like... It wasn't like people say like the second you see them. Well, the second you see them, they look kind of like ET. So uh, <laughs> I don't care how cute your child is, and I have two, you know, objectively cute children. Um, mm, thanks, I guess mother. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, They're adorable, Kurt. But when they're first born, I, I mean, you've had more, so you can testify to this. When they're first born, they do look strange. They look almost like little aliens a little bit. You know, like their hands are a different color than the rest of their body, and um, they're all like scrunched up like Voldemort, like anyway. Um, <laughs> well, they do have a nose. Mostly. Yeah, they I mean, do. Well, I mean, that part is different. So <laughs> than Voldemort. Also, you, they're not pearly. Did yours pearly. come out with a wand as well? That's crazy. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> okay. Before that gets any further. Okay. That one, as far as I could tell, is not on the list or even a all variation right. of it. Maybe. Okay. Here's one myth that did surprise me and i don't know if i agree with this and i'll read it out just the evidence so myth is sugar makes kids hyper said truth sorry no matter what you've observed in your own or other children there's no scientific evidence to support this belief so why the dichotomy between what research shows and what parents observe that's because sugar itself isn't the culprit says this pediatrician so again according to this one pediatrician this kook (laughs) (laughs) any food that affects blood sugar levels a tomato as well as a candy bar can create an adrenaline surge which may lead to a burst of energy that effect is usually mitigated by fiber which helps pipe everything into the bloodstream at a steady pace However, many sugar treats are low in fiber, and it's that fact that explains the energy burst, not the sugar itself. So if adrenaline rushes are a constant in your home, push the apple over the apple juice and know that it's okay for your child to add sugar to his breakfast cereal as long as it's high fiber, as long as it's a high fiber variety. So, so, I, can give, so I can give my children Sour Patch Kids for breakfast as long as they eat crackling oat bran as well. <laughs> Absolutely. 
<laughs> just ch- chase it with some crackling O'Brien. Um, <laughs> Do you remember crackling O'Brien? <laughs> Isn't it like the kind of like not circles, but have almost... you ever had it? It's hard as rocks. Like it literally is like eating rocks. Here, kids, it's... here's some gravel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you can't have you cannot have your starburst until you eat your gravel. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so 14 surprising myths about parenthood. Um, Man, we're one in. This is going to be a long time. Yeah, no, that's the only one I'm I'm sharing. Susan Gifford is who wrote the article. It's at parents.com. You can check that out. Um, (laughs) That is our fun fact. Uh, Here's some music by Joe Deegan, the new music by Joe Deegan, and we'll get into our discussion on parenting. everybody um we're back hope you're enjoying the new see we never decided this card is it a jingle or a song no it's a song okay we'll, we'll ask the expert joe deegan on that since he's a little no, I'm musically good. inclined I'm right now and look let's just refuse to google that okay i mean we're sitting here looking at each other on a computer screen we've got google in front of us we could look at i up. don't have google in front of me Oh, yeah, because you still don't have power. That's right. Um, yeah, I'm... Yeah. You remember, I said it's debatable, okay? <laughs> it's not debatable. Somebody's there cranking behind you to keep some kind of something running. You know what this tells me? You, you need more crackling up, <laughs> Welcome to Parenting Today, guys, brought to you by our newest sponsor, Crackling Up Brand. <laughs> I have a feeling that's going to come up more than once. Yeah. Okay, Kurt. I'm actually going to Google it now to find out if it still exists. Anyway, we're talking about parenting and about parenting myths and about whether sugar makes kids hyper. <laughs> well, um, not not just parenting myths, but, you know, I thought... As good news. Good news on Crackling Up Brand. <laughs> it still exists. How, how much are we, we talking about here for one box? About like 389 a box. Hmm. 389 and it says at the top, fiber and whole grains. So basically, do you want your child to be calm? Crackling up brand. There you go. Give <laughs> me fiber. All right. So we'll reach out to their their people, and their people will talk to our people. We'll see if we can set up some kind of formal partnership, <laughs> sponsorship. <laughs> the first the first question, the first question suggested, you know, Google has these questions like, Common like this. If you search a topic, there'll be like common questions related to it. The very first one is this: Is crackling Oprah safe to eat? <laughs> <laughs> the next one is: Is it still made? Um, <laughs> okay, uh, we're just gonna go ahead and get started. Kurt's gonna continue to just look at crackling. <laughs> it's hard to say it now. Crackling hey, Oprah. What, what, what do you feed your? Let's talk about eating. Let's talk about dieting for a second with kids. And what do you feed your kids? Because that's part of parenting. What do you feed your kids for breakfast, John? Like, it typically is cereal. Um, dude, I mean, it's that's not good. I don't well, know the facts behind it, but I'm pretty sure there are facts behind it. Well, according to Crackling Oprah, it's really good for you, right? Keeps <laughs> yeah. you regular. You get some dairy in there. I bet you don't give them crackling up, Brando. I'm just going to go ahead and assume. Yeah, no, that's that's true. Yeah, we, we definitely try to watch the sugar content, Kurt, on that to answer your question. But I, I will say this, and I know 
Some people might push back, but Sundays, we try to make Sundays a little different from every day. Uh, we try to make it a special day. And so we give, we give our children sugary cereal for breakfast. Nice. And so we tell them, you know, we're celebrating Christ's death, re- <laughs> life, <laughs> <laughs> life, death, and resurrection. Have some Lucky Charms, you know. Oh, so, the most formed cereal, yes. Lucky Charms. <laughs> and so... Um, yeah, we try to make it a celebration. Yeah, like you said, some dessert after lunch and then treats throughout the day. And we, we try to maybe give some, you know, banana or eggs to balance it out a little bit so we're not just kind of pouring sugar down their mouth and then sending them to Sunday school. Um, but, yeah, we, we do cereal most days. I mean, we'll do some eggs. Uh, Samuel, he's nine. He actually doesn't like cereal, and so he'll typically make uh, his – his breakfast, he'll do a fried egg or something like that. Um, okay. Cause so you, you try to do like some meats, you try to get some protein in there. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, so that's, we try to get our kids to do that too. It's breakfast is tough cause you're in a hurry Yes. and you, you want them to eat well and to start out eating well. And it's, so, but there's just so many sugary options that you have to wade through. So, mm, yeah. And, and th- this is, you know, we, we had no, we don't have any kind of notes on this. Uh, Kurt and I are just kind of shooting from the, the hip. But I think this is an important point you're bringing up is just the obsession to be perfect parents. And I think under that obsession, food is going to factor into that of making sure our kids get the perfect right diet, staying away from certain types of food. And, and, and of course there's allergies that, you know, can open up a lot of different discussions. There are reasons why we might abstain from some things and and all of that. But, uh, you know, just thinking of parenting, I mean, not parenting today. I mean, the, the pressures that are on parents today, uh, I mean, I, you know, I know, and people feel free to sh- like, this is one area. I'm glad that we started talking about food. So great job by me. Cracklin' Oat Brand. Yeah. Hey, listen, by the way, Fruit Loops are healthier than Cracklin' Oat Brand. I'm, I'm are reading you, an article. Are you serious? I'm not kidding. So that I'm whole time I was talking, you're just reading an article. No, I'm reading an article. I'm not, I'm not just reading the article. But it's there's an article called Eat This, Not That. That's the website. And it says, is your healthy cereal worse than Fruit Loops? And it measures like different cereals that you would think were healthy against Fruit Loops. And guess what? Cracklin' Oat Brand is higher in, this isn't necessarily bad, but it's higher in calories, fat, and sugar than Fruit Loops. So, but one thing that people, that parents feel free to do, or they feel a freedom to do that is probably not great, is that they feel free to shame people about what they feed their children. Um, They're the move to be more health conscious and nutritious, uh, in our diets. I mean, that's clearly a thing that's happened in the last like 10 to 15 years. People have really, people have always been concerned with health, but even more so now, I mean, just think about like how, when's the first time you ever heard of kale or, um, I don't even know how to, uh, how do you spell that meat, uh, the, with starts with the Q, the meat that is this, well, not meat, meat substitute. Um, it's like Q-I-O-N-A or something like right, that. Are you talking about quinoa? Quinoa, yes. That's what it is. It's so like, a meat substitute? Uh, yeah, some people it, use that as like a meat substitute. Like, um, Isn't it kind of a, a pasta? Am I incorrect in thinking? It kind of looks like rice. It can. I think it can take many forms. Okay. Um, it's kind of like... Um, I know I've had it, but I just, I'm just having a hard time. Yeah, it's, a sh- it's the shapeshifter of healthy foods. So uh, Tofu was there. Yeah, tofu, like, so, but 
think about the first time you heard of kale, quinoa, like being health conscious in what you eat has become popular. It's like something that people were thought of as weird long ago when they would only eat these things, like being vegetarian. Think about how much cooler it is to be vegetarian now versus like even 10 years ago. It's funny how culture has moved that way. Like video games used to be for nerds and now they're cool to do. And now, you know, eating healthy was like for weirdos and now that's cool to do too. So that's kind of interesting. But because of that, people feel a real like freedom to be like, are you going to let your child eat that? Um, <laughs> the, uh, are you going to, are you, people will just, you know, oh, it's full of this or that or the other. Um, and, uh, you know, and par- I think parents do feel a sense of like shame or a sense of pressure is like, oh, and if you have young kids and you're trying to get them to eat, oh my word, like you just, um, and I have students now in my ministry who are in high school who will be like, I don't eat vegetables. <laughs> they're straight up. It's like, I ate, <laughs> ate meat, I ate cheese, I ate bread. Those are the only things I eat. Like, I want a hamburger. If it's a good, they'll order things and they'll say, I want my hamburger. Well, how do you want it? Well, if it's good for you, I don't want it on there. <laughs> so, it's all over the place. There is that pressure. It's like, am I damaging my child? And here is like the newsflash, or not a newsflash if you've been a parent for a while, is yes, you are damaging <laughs> Child. Even your very best efforts are damaging your child, like because you're a sinner, right? Yes. And even even when you're doing your very best, I think that's one of the most disappointing things about parenting is like when you don't have kids, you have all these high ideals about what you're going to do, and you see parents like doing things, and you're like, "Well, I'm never going to do that." And newsflash: those are the very things you will do. <laughs> but the, sad, the saddest thing is you will do those things exactly and even to a worse degree than what so if you're not a parent and you're listening to this like just get ready but the saddest thing is that you know what you don't ever factor in with parenting is that they're going to get your genetics and they're going to get your personality and the sad i think one of the saddest parts of parenting is that you you want better for your child than you had and yet you see them, they're trying to have to overcome and not maybe even not able to overcome the same obstacles that you weren't able to overcome. And that is really frustrating. Like they have the same simple tendencies that you do and they sin in the same um, kind of ways. Like you bite your fingernails and you're like, I don't want my child to bite their fingernails. And then guess what? Your child bites their fingernails and you're just like, no. And there's like and you want to tell them no. You want to tell them, you know, you want to try to steer them away from that. You know, and that's like a kind of a mundane example, but that's just one that I was thinking of. Like that, I'd, I'd say that's a pretty frustrating part of parenting, a hard part. Well, that's all the time we have for today, folks. Hope you enjoyed. It. <laughs> I was thinking of just how we did kind of come out guns blazing on this this episode, but I, this is this is good and this is helpful. I mean, to to push back or to maybe have some kind of balance here a little bit. I mean. Kurt and I obviously would agree that what we put into our bodies as Christians matters that we do. Yeah. Like, like, so just to, to maintain some balance. And so, yeah, that there is, you know, importance to having enough fruit in your daily diet, having enough vegetables in your daily diet, making sure you get proteins, fats, all that kind of stuff. But I agree completely, Kurt, that, you know, there is this shaming that takes place. There is this self-righteousness that takes place. And just, I mean, one kind of practical application, just as parents just stop and reflect and say, is that you? 
and just stop and reflect of, do you have these thoughts of when you hear, well, so-and-so eats this, or are you just thinking, I'm so much <laughs> better than they are at, mm. at maintaining this or offering a balanced diet? And so we just need to pause, reflect, you know, repent of this in, in our lives and uh, to grow from it. Uh, but it is something that is very common. And I mean, you know, we've talked about social media so many times and we'll continue to talk about it, but we know without a doubt, I mean, social media has poured fuel on the fire of this discussion of, uh, you know, diet and, and, um, and, and our children and, and blogs, obviously the blogosphere, uh, for sure. Well, I was just going to say, I think a good practice when, when it comes to this with parenting is that like, I just always assume unless I'm proven otherwise, my general assumption is, is that parents are doing their dead level best. They're trying their very hardest for their kids. I don't like, I know that abuse is out there and that they're, you know, look, we believe in total depravity. There's no amount of depravity that is going to surprise us. Uh, you know, out of the heart flows all kinds of evil as Jesus tells us. So it's deceitful above all else. So we're coming from that perspective, but I think it's good, a, a safe assumption and an empathetic assumption to make is that parents are trying their very hardest. When you look at other people um, who are parenting, they're trying they're trying to do the best that they know how to do. Now, does that mean that what they're doing is right or good? No, um, you know, I mean, clearly not. But people are trying their best. And when it comes to like diet and feeding your kids, you know, some people are just trying to get their kids to eat anything. They're trying, you know, well, our younger son, I swear, I don't know. His diapers tell a different story, but I don't know where he's <laughs> like, the sustenance from. Like he just... You know, we put food in front of him, all kinds of different good and healthy food. And I don't know, somehow he's still getting, I don't, I don't know what's happening there. So, um, and this takes a whole new, this whole food conversation takes a whole new spin. When you talk about people who are parenting, um, teenagers, you think about like eating disorders and, uh, uh, image conscious teenagers who are trying to, um, who are trying to gain the approval of others through the way that they look. And, um, you know, it seems like at one point you're just begging your child to eat. And then later on you're, you know, you're begging your child to eat in a completely different way. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, this could take a lot of different ways, but let's go, let's try to rewind it back. Okay. We're talking about food, but really what we're talking about is pressure, the pressure, the, to parent the way that everyone else parents or to do things to not stand out, to not be awkward or weird or whatever it is. I had a conversation with the, I don't want to harp on social media too much, but I had a conversation with a dad yesterday who's on our youth committee and he was like, yeah, my daughter's not on Instagram and you know, eventually she's going to have to get it because she just keeps telling me you're making me awkward. Like, um, you're making me stand out in a bad way. Um, bringing bad attention to myself. And, uh, you know, there's that pressure. I think a lot of people who listen to this podcast, if they have teenagers, I think that's a pressure that they feel all the time, whether it's about food or social media or whatever it is, um, is that, um, it's tough to stand out and to be, to be the weird or the awkward or the strange or the peculiar or unique or whatever word you want to use. Yeah, so. absolutely. I mean, I agree. 100%. And, and I know we're going to be wrapping this up before too long, but I think it's good that we're starting off with parenting pressures of today. I think on Thursday, we'll talk about some of the, the joys of parenting, but then also just some of the, the, the challenges as well and some of the difficulties. Um, but this is this is a, a huge one. It's just the, the pressure um, to, to, to fit in. And like you said, to not 
just stand out um, because we fear judgment from other parents. Um, I mean, I know, Kurt, I feel this way of, you know, I don't want my child to miss out. Not only is this, you know, parenting mm. decision affecting me and what other people think of me, but then to think of, you know, my children being the ones who kind of have to, to suffer for my decision because, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they don't have a smartphone right now. They don't have a social media account. Well then, you know, just scenario, Sarah, our oldest walks into, you know, youth group and, People have their phones out and they're talking about something that they shared together. And it's already something that, uh, you know, she feels like she missed out on. They're all referencing yeah. something, talking about something that she has no idea what they're talking about. And this is a, you know, scenario I'm just pulling out of air. This hasn't happened yet. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy to just think of the, the amount of pressure uh, for, for that, just to get your child a smartphone. I mean, Kurt, right before we started recording this, I was actually... Uh, speaking at a school chapel and I was talking to middle schoolers and I just said, Hey, just show a hands. How many of you have a smartphone? And, you know, I'd say 80 to 90% of them there had that. That's just off the top of my head. Um, a smaller percentage of them did have social media platforms, a uh, much smaller percent. And, you know, a lot of that is because these social media platforms do have an age that they require, even though, you and I have both talked about before people lie about that and <laughs> so they can get on social media. Um, but yeah, I mean the pressure, maybe that's the greatest pressure, Kurt. I don't know what you, what you would think as far as other parental pressures go, but since technology smartphones is such a prevalent uh, aspect of our culture, maybe that's the greatest pressure parents feel and not only from other parents, but their students begging, please give me, you know, a smartphone, mom and dad. What, what, what do you think? Well, I mean, I would say it's up there. I wouldn't say the greatest. You know, I, we haven't talked about like school performance, sports performance, um, wanting your uh, child to do well in school and to make good grades. Wanting your, you know, and the pressure of when they don't um, or they can't, um, especially if they can't, uh, and if they don't, you know. Or if they don't, if there's not the lack of effort or lack of ability with your child um, and how you reconcile that and how you love your child for who they are instead of who you want them to be. Uh, I think that's a big, I would say that's even a, a bigger pressure than social media. You know, social media is a thing and that's certainly a, a big part of, but um, there's the timeless aspect, the timeless pressure of um, wanting something for your child and being unable to uh, have them see what you see um, and, and, or pursue what you would have them pursue. And I think a lot of parents are, they just live in a constant state of consternation over um, why, why don't they just, why can't they see that if they would just do this, then all these different things would be better for them. They just can't see it and they don't do it. And I think a lot of parents just throw up their hands um, when it comes to that. That's, that's another really difficult, that's, that's, that's what I run into. Um, and then also there's a big pressure to blame other people for your child's, um, mistakes. Um, your child gets caught uh, drinking. So you blame, um, the place that accepted his ID, um, his fake ID where he bought it. You know what I mean? Like you're like, Oh, they should, we just shut that place down. You know, like, and maybe they should shut that place down. You know what I mean? But there's another issue there that we're kind of like glossing over, you know, your child, um, 
gets in a car accident um, and, uh, you know, they were texting and driving or doing whatever, but you want to blame like the other driver or the way the roads are set up or, you know, there's like this, there are all these ways in which you just don't want to face your child's sin and your child's shortcomings. And because it, it makes you ultimately reflect on your own sin and your own shortcomings and you just find any other way to not do it. And I'd say that's a big pressure um, that a lot, that a lot of parents face. Yeah. I feel pressure. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think what you're, what you're getting at Kurt is, I mean, like, like you said something at the beginning of just how we're going to mess our kids up. And, you know, we had all of these, ways in which we thought we would have it together and we'd be great parents and everything. And then we discover we're not. And as uh, quoting my pastor, I said before, you know, if parenting doesn't humble you, nothing will. But, but when it comes to, you know, our children getting older and becoming teenagers and they're more public, they're more out there, they're, you know, successful athletes or they're not, they're successful academically or they're not, they get in trouble and we feel this embarrassment and this shame and, and really, you know, so much of what we're talking about, I mean, is the, the truth of the gospel, right? I mean, we, we think we can kind of have it all together. We think we can, you know, have our identity in being the perfect parents or raising the perfect children because so much praise comes from our children, right? So much, I mean, being able to, you know, the humble brag or whatever on social media as we're bragging on our children for their accomplishments and everything, which can be okay to do. It's also something we've got to search our hearts on and we've got to be cautious of doing that. Um, But we've got to see that, um, you know, so much of this is due to just our own sense of our own brokenness and our own need for uh, Jesus Christ. And uh, we're, we're, again, just have so much of our identity wrapped up in being the perfect parents. And so we just have to be cautious of that uh, as Christians. Uh, Kurt, I think we're going to start wrapping it up. Is there anything you want to add as we wrap this up? And and uh, I know we need to, as we're doing uh, you know some of the new segments, just give us a preview for Thursday, Thursday's no, thoughts, all that kind of stuff. I can't. I can't give you a preview for Thursday thought. I've got a great question for you. And then it's kind of my fun fact too. We're going to roll it all into one, but I just wanted to, uh, I wanted to bring it back to what we're all really here about, which is, um, which is crackling oat bran. Um, <laughs> how, how, if you had to guess, I'll tell you that fruit loops has 110 calories in a cup of fruit loops. How many calories do you think are in one cup of crackling oat bran? I'll tell you it's more. 250. Oh, so close. 267. Wow. Very close. Yeah. Nine times as much sugar, nine times as much fat. Actually, um, uh, unbelievable. You would never guess that, right? Anyway. Wait, um, wait, wait. Oh, our producer just told us we just lost Cracklin' O'Brien as a sponsor. We did. So, yeah. Well, here's the thing, though. Bashing there, too. Kind of advertising Fruit Loops, and Kellogg's makes them both. So Interesting. Yeah, so you know we're you know we give and we take Kellogg's. Get at us with that Kellogg's money, big cereal. We are we will be in your pocket. Um, hey, I've enjoyed talking about the pains of parenting and about cereal. And uh, let's rejoin this discussion Thursday. How about that, John? Sounds great, Kurt. See you Thursday.